Welcome to The Truth in This Art Beyond, and we're in New Orleans, and I'm your host, Rob Lee. Today, I want to share an interview with an incredibly talented and multidisciplinary artist, originally from a rural town in South Carolina, and has been living in New Orleans for the past four years, drawing inspiration from their Colombian heritage and the vibrant culture of the city. A self-taught artist that has been making work for almost a decade and has honed their skills in illustration, embroidery, large-scale sculpture, masking, and costuming. With the focus on creating new worlds and shifting consensus reality, their work is a unique blend of soft sculpture, assemblage, and found objects. Please welcome Bosco. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. I really appreciate it. Stoked to talk to you finally. <laughs> uh, likewise, I, I feel like I've been, you know, stalking, stalking, stalking. I was like, all right, I think I think I can see part of if you move that mass to it, if I can just crop. Uh, so you know, in, in in finding out a bit about your work, um, mm -hmm. you know, I'd like to really delve and peel that onion back. Um, I think a lot of creatives have sort of an origin story. So that's what I'm kind of seeking in this sort of introductory question. Um, could you tell us about some of your early creative interests? And I got some bullet points in there, but I at least want to start off with maybe some of those early creative interests that I think usually kind of pop up in our current work. Like, yeah. you know, podcaster, you know, I, I did a when I was a kid of being an MC, being in front of a stage, talking to people and trying to do a story kind of thing. And I find that I'm still that kid in some ways. So I at least want to ask you in that sort of capacity. Totally. So, you know, I, I, uh, my, you know, everyone's got their narrative, right? Like, uh, the story we tell when people ask us things about, you know, exactly this really, or just anything in general, but mine is a, it, it started off one way and it kind of shifted a little bit since I've like opened my mind up to like what creativity really entails. You know what I mean? So like my narrative has been like, I started working on art at 29, um, after a conversation with my brother, when we were living in the same city, who he was an artist and, um, he was basically like, so what do you do, man? And I was like, I mean, I work, you know, I come home, watch Netflix, eat, cook food, whatever, you know, he's like, no, but what do you do? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what do you have? Like, what do you have? Any hobbies? Like anything like that? And I was like, well, no, not really. And he's like, oh man, everybody's gonna have something. And then, you know, that kind of clicked. And I was just like, shit, I gotta, I gotta figure this out, you know? So I was like, well, he's a, he's an artist. He, you know, he draws, he screen prints, all that good stuff. So that was pretty much the kickoff for me is like, he kind of just spurred me to think about like my time and my, my life and, and all those things. And so it just kind of like, steamrolled from there to be honest with you i kind of just took right off and, and kept moving um but so that's the the original narrative that i'd been giving but after like some good conversations with other friends who are artists i realized that for me um it really began my my create my creative uh, you know path began with um literature so i have an english degree my intent was to go to school and teach english i've been a voracious reader my whole life i write all that kind of good stuff but i never shared it with people because you know sharing writing is pretty vulnerable and i'm not so great at like the uh everything i write is very personal you know what i mean and, and it shows and uh and it's hard to show that it's hard to share that so i kind of just bugged off that for a while for a few years and just did my thing and worked but I'd say that like I probably started writing when I was like maybe 11 or 12, something like that. Um, but in terms of like visual art, that didn't start until I was 29. So, yeah, oh, it's wow. been it's been a weird, weird ride. <laughs> and I'm 37 now. So, you know, it hasn't been too long, but, um, you know, I'm playing that catch up game, even though that's not really something that this 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 field doesn't lend to catch up. There's no such thing, you know, <laughs> but yeah. 
No, that, that 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 makes sense. And I think, you know, touching on it where, you know, I didn't didn't know that component about you having the background in, mm. in writing and being an English major, which uh, definitely this would have really, you know, made the partner happy. like, oh, another English major. Oh, we're just having a conversation. <laughs> la, la, la. But it, it, it's, it's great. It actually gave me a another uh, rapid fire question for you that. OK, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so talk about like what your your background is and what is the work that you're doing now like describe some of the work that you're doing now um visually and like and from a creative standpoint right on so i think um the past the past year and a half has been where it's really or maybe two years now i want to say it's where i've really started just it's it started snowballing for me i, I kind of hit a hit a groove i found a groove for myself you know what i mean and so i've just kind of been letting that ride but um to rewind it a little bit further back, uh, this this whole thing was kicked off by moving to New Orleans, and I didn't move here on purpose. I ended up here, which is really interesting, um, and apparently that's a common thing. But <laughs> I guess that's for another time. But um, yeah, just uh, so prior to to living here, um, I'd been working on all kinds of other stuff, and I'm sure we'll get to that. But moving here, it really just kind of like opened my eyes in a way that, like, you know, I was like, oh my god, there's so much creativity around me. Like, there's so much so many people coming out of left field during carnival with these amazing costumes that you know don't do much else throughout the year and it's not because it's like they can't or don't it's just like that's their outlet you know what i mean and so i kind of just found found that vibe and started kind of just falling through on that and i think the for me what was a natural move was towards masks yeah. um i've had a fascination with masks well before living here um i used to run an instagram account that was like uh kind of like an intersection of like leftist politics and masking and and uh you know culture that kind of stuff yeah um and I, that's that's gone now thank god because that's a lot of work but <laughs> um it was more of a research thing for me but uh anyhow back to the masking um yeah it just it just lend itself well to like I, I guess where i'm at like in my brain you know what i mean like it's it's been a wild thing that uh it just really it really speaks to me. It's a good format. And because of Carnival, there's a lot of masking going around anyways. I mean, that's part of it. So the way I think my brain works is I, I get very meticulous and very detailed and focused. And I wasn't able to find that with the other forms of art I was working on. And with masking, it just, you know, it really opened up the world for me. It really did. I just like, I don't know, it, it became this thing where you know, I started looking into like the cultural aspects, the folklore and digging into my own histories in that similar way without realizing that's what I was doing, to be honest with you, because I just wasn't self-aware enough at that time to realize that's what I was doing. To yeah. me, I was just making stuff to make it. You know what I mean? It's like, this feels good. I'm going to keep going. Um, but I've kind of opened up a wormhole and started kind of like building a new world to, for myself and for all the, the creatures and, and the characters that I build to inhabit. You know what I mean? And uh, it's been it's been a trip. It really has. Um, but with that, um, it's hard because like, I don't necessarily want to be pigeonholed as the person who makes masks or as a mask maker, or however you want to frame it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it's also like, it's not boring to me, but I need something fresh. You know what I mean? Like I need to find, I need to keep following this conduit that I've been following and, and it's moving into, into like full blown sculpture. Now that's where I'm, I'm headed towards. So, um, I'm exploring a lot of like, bigger ideas of bigger work of like installation size stuff you know like kind of taking over the gallery space or what have you um as opposed to just like you know mounting 10 masks on a wall and calling it a day you know what i mean like I, i'm trying to see the gallery the show as a um as an experience yeah 
as opposed to a place to just display things. Um, because that's really what it is for me. It's like I, I want to bring the, the viewer into into self, you know, I want to kind of like find ways to make things seem familiar yet bizarre or surreal yeah. and provide like anchor points throughout for like them to just like touch onto it. So it's like you're in for a ride, but you're recognizing things. You may not know what where you see recognize them from or where you know them from. And maybe I don't either. I don't know. But the point is is that like the idea is to have like this uh kind of like these opposing feelings kind of finding a a middle ground to like, you know, um but yeah, that, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about like working with like ceramics and things like that too, just to find different ways to explore this like this mood I'm in right now, where I need I need bigger, I need I need more involved, I need you know, um, yeah. I, I think it's thank you, I, and I think yeah. it's important to be able to kind of ride that wave, and you know, Aquarius saying this, but being able to ride that wave, and you know, as I was uh, you know kind of talking a little bit before we got started of like, this is where I can kind of see the sort of, you know, project going and the direction is going. And, you know, for the longest time, like I've been podcasting 14 years, I was 24, wow. now I'm 38. And wow, I was wow, in this, wow. this sort of spot of like, oh, I'm going to tell off color jokes and look at weird news. And now I'm, you know, being able to talk to people who do really interesting work and be able to have a meaningful conversation with them. And I didn't see what that looked like. And now just kind of, really being emboldened and, and trusting that, oh, no, I can do this as well. Let me, you know, maybe transfer and translate this sort of same idea, this sort of same language into maybe this next meeting. Maybe it's um, a TV show. Maybe it's a documentary. Maybe it's something else, but really thinking it through. So mm -hmm. if larger size and ceramics and kind of this is the next step in the progress and in, in the process, rather, rock and roll let's let's do it let's make it happen I that. yeah yeah i mean it seems it's, it's, it sounds very similar to what you're feeling too just like the format where you're at is good but you're looking to you know maybe just keep riding it keep riding yeah. that, that vibe so for sure it's, it's, it's making it's making your own style in some sense it's a little it's going to sound really corny but it's a little bruce lee it's like my style is not to have a style you know it's, it's that right. sort of thing mm -hmm. exactly i go where i want and where i need to be right then in that time and that's it really i'm doing this for me at the end of the day you know yeah. <laughs> So, so, you know, you talked about having like the sort of like the, the viewer, what have you, and kind of being embedded in it. So yeah. from, from the listener standpoint, let's, let's, let's step back a little bit and talk about the, like what the process is and like, how did you go about developing your skills and sort of this mass creation, this development, this, like, I'm still not sure how you make them. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing I'm sitting here. I was like, hold on, how? What? I mean, I went to, I had some concept, right? I went to Mardi Gras World. I saw a robot in there making floats. And I'm like, look, I, I don't know what's happening down here yeah. in the Big Easy anymore. So, you know, enlighten us, please. Totally. So just to be sure, you want me to talk more about like um, the, the process of how I make masks or like in general, like. Um, yeah, the process of how you make masks and any it make masks and any other thing that you want to touch on, like from from like your your creations, like whether oh, it's right moving to the sculpture part, I, I really want to get embedded. Cool. OK, yeah. So um, I guess the easy answer first is like the, the technical uh, process of mask making, at least because, I mean, there's a million ways to do it and I'll do it a little different every time kind of thing. Um, but for what's worked for me really well in the past couple of years is I um, and this is all trial and error as it goes. You know, there's no wrong or right way to do it. There's just better ways for you yeah. or if you're going for a specific look or what have you. But anyhow, for me, I like to use uh, foam and uh, 
hardware cloth, which is like chicken wire, but it's more of like on a grid system. Mm -hmm. And it helps me plot out, you know, where I want the eyes and those that kind of thing. And so a lot of this stuff is like, in my mind, you know what I mean? Like after I cover the, the, the hardware cloth with, with foam and all, I mean, I can't see that anymore. You know what I mean? But it's more about just like blocking it out mentally in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, so it goes from building the the form itself and using those, those objects, those materials, you know, and then um, it's usually like, I, I tend to just kind of like gather, gather supplies as I go. Like, I'm like, oh, this color, this color, this texture's nice, whatever, whatever, you know, like, oh, this is really cool. I can take this apart and make it into these things. And so it's, I wish you'd been able to see my studio. I have like, <laughs> I have like a probably 40 little tubs that have all of my materials separated by color, texture, you know, what it's composed of. Uh, and it's all like, you know, how I like it organized. Someone could go down there and change it themselves. But um, so I've, I, I get the forms built and I find my fabric that I'm looking for. Um, and then I start, you know, the actual, the fun part is what I call it, where I start like, you know, adorning it in other words, um, in terms of how do I get to that spot? So that's, that's kind of like the tricky gray area for me. Uh, when I first started, it was just like, make the thing, you'll figure it out as you go along, blah, 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 you know, and like, so to some extent, it's still in that in that capacity, but it does eat up a lot of time to make something just not on the fly, but like, you know, moment to moment. So I've started moving more towards just thinking about things before I step into the studio so I can have an idea of like, you know, oh, this this uh, pattern is going to look really great if I, you know, do this with it. Or, I, you know, if I take, you know, these uh, pearl cabochons and, and you know, order them in this certain way and like do these crazy big spirals, I think it'd look really nice, you know, and like, oh, I've got this big, uh, you know, Ruby that I've been waiting on and sitting on for a year. I think it's going to look good for this one, yeah. you know? Um, and at the same time as I'm doing that, I'm finding the character that I build because I do have names and, and backstories and little anecdotes for all these little characters. And uh, it kind of just like coalesces together, to be honest with you. I, I don't have the right now. I'm not in the, in the stage or, you know, I'm not I'm not the, the type of person that that orders it all out to begin with and then moves to building. Um it, it just it all kind of like goes together, you know, intertwining. Um it it, it you know, it just I see the the I see my frustrations with it for sure, you know, because it's like planning is nice, you can go faster if you do, but I love the the inspiration moments of inspiration I find when I'm like so, sorting through these thousands of little objects, <laughs> like handling them all, touching them all. Like it really, it really brings me into like a meditative place, and that is something that's very important for me when I'm making art. Mm. Um, it, it is a healing process for me for sure. Um, now, in terms of like, then to be sure, you, you wanted to know more about like moving into like larger scale sculpture and things like. Okay, right yeah, on, please. Um, so that's, I think that for me is coming from the desire to, to push further, to be yeah. honest with you, to push further into this world that I'm building or worlds or however it turns out to be at the end of the day, you know? Um, and, and yeah, it, I've been driven since, I don't even know, uh, gosh, maybe. Yeah. So I started making art around nine years ago, something like that. Let's just say nine. Um, and maybe five years ago or, or so is when I started being like, I want to make things that I want to see in the world. Like, and with that, I'd like to get a little of a background to you with. <laughs> so I was living in uh, Portland, Oregon for a few years and my brother and I and some friends decided to get together. And cause like my brother and I've been talking, you know, there's lots of protests in Portland. It's constant. It's kind of like a, a culture in a sense. Yeah. And for me, it, 
there needs to be more than than just anger and militancy and whatever have you. You know, there needs to be an element of joy. There needs to be a reminder that, you know, that we're here for a reason, yes, but we're also going to make this as good of a time as we can because it's inherently stressful to be in a situation like that. So it's a it's in and, and for my my frustrations on that end was not seeing things that I thought would be that I thought should be present at a, at a protest. And, and so that goes back into the history of like, you know, bringing giant puppets to protests, you know, that kind of stuff, dressing up in costume, you know, creating a spectacle in a way, seizing the spectacle, because it's like, yeah, the, 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 the news reporters there and people taking photos, it's like, okay, cool. There's a billion people here with signs and some of them are funny, but what about that giant grim reaper in the background, like 12 feet tall amongst yeah. this crowd of 10,000 people? What's up with that? So that's, that's kind of like the, the, desire I had to push forward into this direction now is creating the things that I want to see. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's intrinsic to to a person, you know, you, you have self has these desires of, of these things that, that self wants to see, they may not be what you want to see. But if only I'm gonna if I'm the person that's going to create them, that's even better, because I get to make it how I want. So, um, so the idea is to is to move into to towards that direction again, and making larger scale puppets, but in this capacity, keeping them as a stationary sculpture um, and not designed to be like moved around and carried and what have you just to like. So I'm, I'm really leaning into like the idea of taking this kind of like um, the history I have now of all these masks I've created, all these characters I've created and taking those types of same approaches to the larger scale sculptures like, you know, um, just create like honestly, some of these masks to me feel kind of eerie looking and I'm OK with that, you know, yeah. like. They've got this blank expression on their face, or maybe it's not blank. It's, I don't it's know. It's an eyes. It's an eyes yeah. every time. <laughs> that is it. And the eyes are what I do last every time for that reason, because that's that's what gets it, you know. Um, and so yeah, so I've been looking forward to taking a lot of the skills I've learned on these like smaller scale projects and and, and pushing them out into bigger stuff. Because frankly, while it does take a long time to make a mask. Mm -hmm. If, you use, if I'm using that same process on a much larger scale sculpture, it might be around the exact same amount of time, simply because it's just like you go faster when it's bigger, in other words. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll go a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm I'm currently building some like small prototypes because I've never sculpted before. I don't know, honestly, what I'm doing. But, you know, I've got friends I can ask. And if nothing else, I got here without anybody to rely on. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll cobble it together if I have to. But, you know, because you're self-taught, right? And yeah. having having that sort of background. So so talk about that a little bit, like, you know, in, in getting that, like, are you more oriented around like learning by doing figuring it out is there sort of that youtube university is it sort of hey i know i'm, I'm in this sort of creative community or around this creative community you've mentioned your brother before as artist um mm. you know is it is it that is it that part of it like talk about how you know gaining this sort of knowledge like there was no real roadmap when i started in doing this Right. And it was kind of like, all right, I'm listening to a lot of Kevin Smith. Maybe he's going to drop some <laughs> some gems. I was listening to a lot of Smodcast. And it's like, maybe he's going to drop some gems. And he was like, yeah, I have this Fast Track Pro. I'm sitting there taking copious notes. Fast Track Pro. How is that spelled? And, you know, trying to get the stuff. I remember going to Best Buy, buying the 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 gear, what have you, spending way too much because now I know better. As but, it goes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but how, how was that learning process for you introductorily and now as you kind of are shifting into this this larger scale um <laughs> part of the venture and part of the uh the, the arts journey. So it's uh, similarly to you. 
Um, I, I've had a lot of, it's been a lot of trial and error and learning things the, the hard and expensive way, you know, um, I, there is no, on the mind of things, there's no real roadmap to like how to build a giant puppet to take to a protest. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's definitely like, I always think of them as puppet houses, uh, in the same sense of like a fashion house, but it's basically groups that have been around for decades that, that do this. And so they offer like books and how to's, but frankly, all that stuff is just on paper, you know, the best way to learn is from someone else showing you their process and you can tweak that to yours. Mm. So um, up until probably about a year and a half ago, it was just that same rough learning, like spend too much money, spend too much time. Uh, I'm going to do this myself, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm hitting a wall now with that because a large part of what drives me in my in my art and my life is is feeling like every day is my last or it could be my last so i'm frankly just tired of wasting time you know so like i've been doing a lot of like uh like research in terms of like how to you know i'll go on youtube i mean um i haven't got a subscription to the stan winston school yet but that's on my on my my docket um and yeah like i think a lot of uh a lot of folks around me you know they've got more experience and time building like these larger scale things than I do. And, you know, I'm going to start reaching out as it goes and, and see what tips, you know, like pitfalls, that kind of stuff. We actually had um, two friends of ours. Uh, they threw a workshop last year for this, this uh, guy named Andrew Kim, who is now a good friend. And he does, this is what his life is, is puppet making shows, things like that, big, large scale puppets. He does workshops. And so they invited him and he taught all of us in this like super intensive, like, I want to say 10 day workshop where like a group of us put some stuff together and paraded it around and all that. So it, I'm definitely leaning more into like finding the, what's taught as the right way or like proper ways to do it and seeing what I like and don't like about it or frankly what I can afford or not to you know to to do because some of the stuff's get pretty expensive up but um you know I make do I find a lot of good scraps uh like I get given stuff a lot too thankfully so but yeah that's that's pretty much the 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 timeline of that like learning the hard way and now I'm just like nope nope I can learn the hard way where I have to but I don't need to every time you know I don't have to reinvent the wheel yeah I mean you know I, I, yeah, I think there's a kinship in that regard where, you know, I, every now and again, I like to go back in, is there a way that I can improve this process? Is there a way I can do it? And, you know, I try to kind of what I was saying before we got started is like, I'm gonna record my intro later, because yeah. I know that's going to kind of like be in the way. And I've learned that versus trying to stumble through it multiple times. It's like, that's, you know, sure, some people have that ego of give me my credentials. Mm. But really, it's like the conversation is actually the main course here. You know, the oh, rapid fire is the dessert part. So keep that in mind. But the <laughs> the intro is just like being seated. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, here's your table, sir. You know? Gotcha. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. yeah. So you've learned that for your process, it's easier just to knock it out on the back end kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Because, you know, you, I think it's it allows us to have a little bit more time to actually, you know, connect and, and, and have a conversation. And I think people are a, a bit more open. And I didn't learn that into doing it a lot, you mm. know, and kind of thinking in some of the early interviews, like, oh, this person hates me. I don't know why it's like, because they're probably nervous and you're, you're asking them about stuff. They're like, what the hell? Okay. Sure, I'll tell you about my work. You ask a lot of questions, bro. It's an interview, you know? <laughs> so, so I, I see that you have a Colombian heritage. You have, you yes. know, that's, 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 that's embedded. And you're, you know, from South Carolina, you have the, you know, the, that portion of Portland you were describing. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, having sort of those different influences that float in and any other influence that, that, that floats in as far as your background, because we're very multidimensional individuals here. Um, <laughs> talk about like New Orleans in terms of the influence that you, you've like kind of gotten from it from an artistic or personal or professional sort of standpoint. And how does that impact your life, you know, being down there and being in that environment? Totally. So I think there's two, two answers to this question or two parts to the answer, I guess. Um, I think the, there's the cultural aspect and then the the aspect of being surrounded by uh, creatives and artists. So the cultural aspect, I think, displays a lot, just like on the aesthetic level of my work, um, you know, just back again to like the the parade culture, the, the masking culture, the carnival culture, you know, the do what you want to, you know, all that all that good stuff. And I think that really I really connected with that in a lot of ways, like many people who visit do or who move here do. I mean, you know, it's it's almost impossible to ignore. It's in your face. You know, you you can't duck it or dodge it. There's no way. Um, but I think um, I think a large part. So to give a bit background here, um, I'm a person who, again, I love to read, voracious reader, but I think it's very important to learn the history of a place that I'm not from if I'm living there. And I've only lived in two places outside of my hometown. So, you know, New Orleans has a a wealth of history beyond beyond and so does the the you know, history of carnival the history of mardi gras um all the tragedies and triumphs that have occurred so i my first year here i didn't have many friends i didn't have work so i spent a lot of time at the library checking out books documentaries reading trying to learn the ins and outs of where i am you know and um then carnival happened and everything i'd read was not it did not prepare me for for what i was walking into it did not prepare me i mean you know like and i think there's there's a few different divisions of of groups of people who I think reflect very intensely on on my work and that would the primary one would be the Mardi Gras Indians. Um, there's just absolutely no way to to say no. I mean, like they they their whole thing is is uh, looking pretty. They want to look pretty, and I feel that I feel it. You know, when I step out with a with a mask on, I want to like just feel like a million bucks, you know, like it, it just feels good to feel good. And, and you'd be a different person behind that mask too. You know, it's, it's really liberating. It's really nice. You, you tap into this side of yourself that you didn't know was there. And um, being able to experience that in a crowd of thousands of people is incredible. Um, being able to watch the Mardi Gras Indians perform on Super Sunday, incredible, you know, like the, the culture and the lore that is, that goes, it's, it's beyond me, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's wild stuff. Um, I've gotten the the privilege to to meet a couple of folks of the uh, that are in the Indian uh, community. Um, a few friends of mine have been involved even heavier, and it's it's really amazing to like just be around. Just yeah. to just you know, it's like the aura is there. And so, the other thing that really that uh, in terms of the culture is the the history and the secrecy of a lot of these carnivals or the the parading crews and the the crews that throw balls. Um, and to be sure, I think it's worth saying that a lot of the reason that these older crews were secretive is because of racism. I mean, you know, that's really it. They were they were rich and they were white and they were, you know, up at the top of the social hierarchy. And that's kind of where they wanted to maintain. And they wanted to maintain all of their business relationships secret, too. And a lot of these balls and, and parades and crews were functions to to do just that, to to sure. To remain anonymous and and so i think i took a lot from that idea like i love the idea of of being secret out in the open you know what i mean when you when you put on a mask you know like only your friends know who you are and only the ones that saw you make it and i think that's wonderful i love that um and I, that happens a lot here i mean you know i don't recognize 90 percent of the people when we're out on mardi gras day it's awesome 
Um, but yeah, it, and like, it really, and, and in terms of like, again, to the culture, like, uh, so I'm in a, I'm in a, in a, in a space where, um, I, I am a transplant and my, almost everyone I know is a transplant with, you know, I'd say probably 90% of the people I know are, uh, so there's a lot of different, there's a different side to Mardi Gras as that, you know what I mean? Like there's the touristy aspect as we talked about, like the huge parades, you know, like the 10,000 people ones or whatever. And then, you know, we've got like people that are native to New Orleans who have their own Mardi Gras. We've got the the Indians who've got their own Mardi Gras, you know? And so like, it's almost like on this end of things, it's a little different. Um, and with the intention of like not trying to step into other people's worlds, you know what I mean? It's like, this isn't for me in a lot of ways, but here's a space where I can be myself and I can be who I want to be. Um, and it's, and it's an, you know, it's in, in the sense of like respect and also in a sense of being able to chase your own dreams in that capacity. And that's what I love about it. So with that, just again, seeing so many people around me who left field, never would have thought they could bust out a costume in, in a mask or a headpiece or whatever. And they're showing up and I'm like, Oh my God, are you serious right now? <laughs> so it's really inspiring to see that, you know, like, um, to see people that don't really give a thought to it beyond just carnival season and be like, yeah, you know what? Like if they can do that, I can do that too. Like I have it in me, you know, I've got that, that creativity to, to push with that. Um, and so, and I think that's a good segue. That's almost the exact same point, but like the next part of it is the people around me, you know, like that's, that's so with that as a, as a contextual thing, being able to see like friends of mine, build these floats out of nothing and we you know it's like a, a diy parade and like there's maybe 300 people rolling down the street and like there's just you know you know booty shaking music going off and like everyone's dancing and yelling and like you know there's these crazy costumes that you won't see at the bigger parades you know what i mean like it's just outlandish stuff and and it's all on theme and all that good stuff and so it, it's really inspiring to see like the amount of work and energy and like the the elbow grease that people throw this stuff together with. And, and I've count myself fortunate that I'm now part of a group of like that. And I'm able to like express and, and bring people together with like a vibe that myself and my friends really want to put out there. So. Thank you. That's, that's, that's great. And <laughs> absolutely, um, <laughs> I'm a little long winded today. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, and that, and that, and that fits in very well with pretty much with the theme of these interviews. Um, you know, kind of this sort of, love letter for new orleans and, and coming out um you know on mardi gras definitely the greatest city on earth man no <laughs> hey, hey, that's us that's us that's the baltimore <laughs> huh? we literally have it written somewhere it's on the benches but you know i like new orleans a lot that's us you know <laughs> uh and um I, i'll share this with you before we get to these rapid fire questions because sure. um i think you got everything in here and i, I think it's great um right on. i one one of the reasons I first went down into New Orleans was um, I, I I got down there. I was uh, dating a girl. Uh, we broke up, and I had a ticket to go visit her. And the money that I had there for that ticket was enough that I could go to South Carolina and New Orleans. Oh wow! And I went to both in the week. South Carolina was a different vibe. I was going further south. I was just following shrimp and grits. That's just literally gotcha. what it was. <laughs> and I, I went down there to New Orleans by myself. Uh, mm. I didn't know what to do. I stayed out there at the airport. I was just like, this is this is really bad. I don't know what I'm doing. And, Ooh, yeah. and so I was shuttled in every day and yeah. to the into the quarter. And um, and just really kind of like 
started to fall in love with it really, really slowly and enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons it popped up, it's going to be a very odd reason. One of the reasons that um, New Orleans was even on the radar outside of knowing the stuff, the stereotypical touristy sort of things. And then like, I knew the Saints, I knew the yeah. Pelicans <laughs> uh, or, the, or the Hornets at the time. Uh, have you? Uh, <laughs> and I remember this bit from Hannibal Barris about going to New Orleans. Oh, my God. I love that bit so much. And that was the thing that, that put me over the top. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I think you'll like this piece. I was literally today, yes. today at this point, I, I was going to a coffee shop and it was a young lady that kept like looking in my direction and kept laughing. And I was like, well, what is she laughing at? What is she laughing And she asked me before I left, she's like, has anybody ever told you you look like Hannibal Burris? I thought oh you were God. Hannibal Burris. That is so- <laughs> it's just the full circleness of it. Wow. Serendipity yeah. right there. Yep. 100%. Uh, this is the only podcast I've shared all of that over. So there you go. All right. Uh, so so my friend, it's time for us to go into the rapid fire portion of the, the afternoon. Let's do and, it. Uh, I've added a couple since you since you were you were, you were talking. Uh, and um, all right. Here you go. Um, yes. What did you have for breakfast? I had a slice of crawfish king cake. I'm jealous. I am yep. jealous. Told you. I told you. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm really tight about this. This is this is BS. I, I, all right, I'm gonna keep it rolling. I'm gonna keep it rolling. Um, so you you, you touched on like looking like a million bucks, right? Going out there, and yeah. Your mm-hmm. your masks are like they're they're striking from the eyes to the color, and just just all of the work that goes in. I, I see the attention to detail and the work that goes into it as I'm gassing you up more and more and more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is your f- favorite color combination? Whether it is to wear, whether it is to see, whether it is to work within. My favorite colors are red, yellow, and orange. Yep. I, those those I, go together, I, by the way. Yes, exactly. I love those colors. I, I would stay in there forever if I could. But okay. Uh, name an artist that made you fall in love with art. Oof. Yeah. An artist that made me fall in love with art. Funny if you say, I'm not in love with art at all. I mean, we, we're, I in know, a, right? we're in a long distance relationship. I'm like, all right, cool. We're trying. We're trying. No, um, <laughs> wow. That's, that's a tough one, actually. Like, I'd say the the probably my easiest answer would be my brother. I mean, that's it. You know, he he brought me to it. Um, he he helped me along the way. He, you know, I would I would remember text him. I would text him at all hours. I was working a nine to five at the time when I first started drawing. And I'd go home, get home six o'clock, draw till midnight, and just be texting him the whole time, just like, hey, 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 what do you think? What do you think? So he really like held my hand, walking walked me through it, and he made me realize it was completely accessible. Where at, at the beginning, I no idea what i was doing you know i didn't know who to talk to none of that so yeah definitely him and he and he definitely like showed me a bunch of other artists that i still am really into today you know like um his art was magical to me he created these worlds and these scenes that really just i mean i it spoke to me you know what i mean my brother him being my brother aside for sure yeah so i'd have to go with my brother <laughs> it's about brothers it's about brothers uh <laughs> my, my brother's uh sort of in the same way i guess i'm the creative one but he's like the biggest fan just like yeah man so that podcast right how did that work out i'm like you're asking me about process of my podcast oh my gosh <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Um, and, and, and I like to incorporate so the the, the food question your 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 crawfish king cake I'm still tight about that uh is all is oriented around sort of this this notion of artists creatives having this sort of uh, consideration for for self-care right so um make sure people are eating make sure people are getting rest so in that vein how many hours of sleep do you typically get Oof. 
six hours six okay. hours on a good day yeah okay. yeah the older i get the earlier i wake up no matter what i went out the other night and we were at the bar till like two in the morning uh the last half an hour of being at home not on my radar don't know what happened woke up at 7 30 couldn't get back to sleep you know it's it's a curse but here we are so <laughs> uh i mean look this this morning some goofy person in the and i had my window open because it's a little warm up here mm. and i i can smell like you, you i woke up at like two in the morning i was like what is that smell that's like someone like laying asphalt and i'm like what the hell is going on and i couldn't go back to sleep so I came into the studio and started working on editing on my podcast at like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. And yep. I slept for like an hour and a half. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to sleep. And I was like, it is 5.30. And I was like, I'm going to go to the gym at 7. Oh, yeah. And this, this, this is like the midway point of my day as we're talking right now. So. Jesus, Lord, no. Yeah. Just, it's <laughs> all going to fall apart. It, yeah. <laughs> it's all going to fall apart. Uh Let's see. Uh, so this is the penultimate one, if you will. Uh, sure. What's the book that you've read the most? The book that I've read the most. You know, I think if if I were talking cover to cover, it's probably The Stand by Stephen King. Nice. I've read that a lot. And I've, I've been a big Stephen King fan since I was a little kid, like way before I should have started reading them. But uh, again, here we are. So. Here, 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 here we are. <laughs> yeah, I've read that one a lot, a lot for sure. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to Dairy. Coming soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so this this one popped up because I, I'm, I'm I don't know if you heard it. Maybe you have. Uh, has, has your work ever been compared to your masks and such? Ever been compared to the visuals from where the wild things are? Sure have. Yep, that is one of my easily biggest influences of like childhood, and I think that a lot of my influences that are like. Um, the they're the ones that like kind of slap you in the face you know what i mean that is that is up there with them for sure and like that is not accidental by any means so the first one i made that kind of resembled that i was like oh wow that is that is uh that's something else it looks like you know like a little bizarro little wild thing you know but um <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm obsessed with it honestly like i i've i i've spent i don't know how much time trying to figure out how the jim henson team built those puppets like i bought the i bought the behind the scenes book i've gotten the dvd with the behind the scenes i've gotten you know all kinds of other things that they've put out or i've gone on youtube just to try and find videos about it like i'm obsessed um and it's i mean like ever since i was a little kid my favorite books have been the ones with furry little monsters in them <laughs> that's just it and it's and it came out and i didn't realize it until someone pointed it out to me and i was just like damn yeah, you're right. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care. I love it. I'm here for it. I'm just going to keep going crazier, though. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. So so that's pretty much it for the podcast. Right um, thank you for indulging me and um, indulging the podcast and just being being a great guest. And um, oh, thank you so much. Seriously. 100 percent. And um, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can uh, check out you, your work, website, social media. The floor is yours. All right. Well, fortunately, it's one spot only, and that is Instagram. And that is Instagram.com. And my handle is B-A-S-Q-O underscore. So Bosco underscore. And that's me. That's all I got. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Bosco for coming on and sharing his story. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, culture, and community in and around your neck of the woods. You just have to look for it.